Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, the podcast about Star Trek that you've been listening to for 192 episodes now. Woo! Welcome back. I'm sure you're sick of us by now. As usual, you'll remember I am Ames. You may recall, as is normal, that I am Caitlin. I hope you've forgotten that I am Jake. (laughs) I don't know where I am, but this is Chris. Let me tell you where you are, Chris. Deep Space Nine. (laughs) Easiest answer. We're here on Deep Space Nine, and it is Live Fast and Die Young Week. (laughs) Two episodes about people who fucking die at, at like, 15. Because we are covering two episodes. We are covering To the Death. And the quickening. Let's talk about to the death. So on to into the death. Deep Space Nine has just been attacked by some rogue Jem'Hadar. So we all pile in the Defiant to go on a field trip. We got to go find these guys because they blew up our ship. We come upon another Jem'Hadar ship that has been kerploded. So we save any of the crew that's been, you know, lingering around. And we learn a whole bunch of exposition from our new best friend, the Vorda Weyoun who's another iteration of Jeffrey Combs, and is so delightful. So Wayun tells us that the ship of Rogue Jem'Hadar that's been flying around doing shit that they're not cool with, they could be after the Iconian Gateway. (gasps) We we remember that from Contagion. It's a callback. Everyone do the callback dance. So we all have to team up with the Jem'Hadar to stop them. And teaming up with the Jem'Hadar is rough, because they're fucking assholes. So as we're flying along, we have a whole bunch of, um, of little, little mini-character scenes between various characters. Because I guess they had to save all the budget for the giant battle at the end of the episode, so they did all these little character scenes in the meantime, whilst we're flying. The little character moments included Cisco butting heads with Ometiklan, the Jem'Hadar first. Worf butting heads with Toman Terax, the mm. Jem'Hadar second, who gets mm. his neck fucking snapped by the first for being a dick. Dax had a nice moment with Virik Kara, who was a Jem'Hadar assigned to her little battalion, from whom we learn that Jem'Hadar tend to live to like 10, and their oldest ones reach 20. They don't eat, sleep, or fuck, and they're all dudes. So the Jem'Hadar is one giant sausage fest. We also well, have... Yeah. Are there, is there sausage? We don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, they probably, they're probably just like they're probably completely dolls. null, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're born in a vat. They're uh, like Santarans. I think uh, Jadzia was bummed out by it, because I think she might have been DTF. <gasps> Boys! We also have a really nice scene where Odo has a sass-off with Weyoun, which mm. was really fun for me. I really like that. They're t- talking about how he's a changeling and all this stuff. But... We've made it to Vandros 4, where there's the, the, the Contagion Iconian Gateway. We're here, and it's high noon, though it's fighting time. <laughs> and it all has to be done hand-to-hand with weapons, because none of your phasers and shit work here. So, cue very many fight scenes. Lots of fight scenes. I think there was a moment where, where Cisco saved Ometiklan's life. I couldn't really tell. We'll talk about this, but now they're best buds? Question marks. But in the end, we all win. They destroy the gateway. Omedicon murders the hell out of Wayoon. Whoops. Weird flex, dude. 
So let's all get the fuck out of here. Warp factor fun. Yeah. Yeah. That sums it up. So the best scene in the entire episode, and possibly one of the greatest scenes we have ever had in all of Trek, was in this episode. What was it? Where uh, Cisco and Wayun were having their little conference. And Cisco was just going full Avery Brooks. And Jeffrey Combs was also overacting. Oh, he's adorable in this. And it was amazing. It was just like... What actually happened in the scene? Uh, no, it was, the, it was the scene where, like, basically Wayun laid out what the deal was, why he wanted to work together. Come on, let's be buddies. He offers to make him, you know, unquestioned dictator of the Federation yeah. if he'll side with him. We find out they have, like... Extensive psychographic profiles on people and Cisco's is required reading at the Jem'Hadar <laughs> Academy and the Vorta Academy and whatever yeah. else. I know more about you than you do. But they just like, it's this wonderful, just vicious cycle of two men trying to out-ham each other. Yeah, they're great. Uh, and it's, it's oh, it's, it's a thing of pure beauty. Yeah, I'm really glad they went with Jeffrey Combs for Wayun because it sounds like they were having trouble figuring out whom to cast as this character until they just said, let's just do Jeffrey Combs, even though we're seeing Brunt several times right around this episode. So we, we like him enough that he's going to do that. And I wrote I mean, down that the, 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 what uh, Jeffrey Combs channeled for this character is half car salesman, half court fop. Yeah, mm. I could see that. Yeah. Which I yeah. like. And I, I like also like the brunt makeup is so heavy. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the only way you would know it was him is is the voice. Well, and even then, because he's got the teeth in. Yeah. Like, True. it's even that's fucked up enough that, like, honestly, if you didn't have the subtitles, you have subtitles, opening credits, you probably wouldn't know. Hmm. Yeah. I, Chris even said, oh, yeah, that's Jeffrey Combs. And I was like, Dot, dot, dot. Wait, like Brunt? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Indistinguished. Yeah, I mean, this I is definitely the most he's looked like a person, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. the other time he was uh, he was also under heavy makeup. So. Yeah, like it's it's funny because, again, like, coming to this after a long time, but having watched Enterprise more recently, it's like, like, yeah, Wayun and Shran, because they similarly, their face is largely untouched. You're like, oh, yeah, no, totally the same guy. But Wayun and Brunt, you're just like, sure, yeah. if you'd say so. Yeah, and they have very different personalities. And yeah. Alex even just watch, watching the way Wayun kind of like holds himself with his hands behind his back oftentimes. Yeah. When there was that like, that kind of quarrel between Worf and Tamantarax, mm. he was cowering in the corner and I loved it. I, I also enjoy how unenthusiastic he is about some of his duties. Oh, like, yeah, uh, like, like giving out the, the white. Yeah, yeah. yeah, eating white. It's like, I'm trying to eat my scrambled eggs or whatever this is. Mm. Like, you know, he's very nonchalant. It's, he's a true believer in the Dominion, but he also kind of doesn't give a fuck. Well, I think the part of it, is, part of it is that the, the Jem'Hadar are really shown to be all based on, like, ceremony and you know saying prayers and things yeah. like that their whole existence is very regimented yeah yeah. i am already dead follow me to battle yeah so like there's that one and then there's like the little thing that they have to say when they're getting the white yeah you know whereas like the vorta just are not that you know they have to participate in it because you know they need to keep the jem'hadar from murdering them which 
clearly is something that Jim Hadard want to do. Yeah. But it's funny because, you know, you, you could totally have gone with, you know, the actor could have gone with deciding, like, Weyoun still kind of puts on the act for their sake. But I like that he was like, yeah, no, he's just like, oh, for, here, fuck off, eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it is interesting to see some of the relationship between the Vorda and the Jem'Hadar, just because it is such a different... You know, I guess in you know, in theory, you would think of okay, like the Vorda is kind of the captain, and the and the Jim Hadar are the, are the officers on the ship. But it's such a different dynamic between you know what we would see on a on a normal like on a Federation ship. You know what it almost feels like? It's it's almost like, and maybe this is a stretch, but aliens, where like ostensibly because he represents the company, like funding the whole expedition paul riser technically has some say so but he really doesn't that's true yeah the yeah, marines are running the apt. show yeah you know and the and the you know the jim hadar are like the marines yeah you know, and they just you know they will they will only tolerate paul riser so, so far, far that he's got paul riser's got the money way yeah. has the white yep exactly that's good yeah yeah i like that so how are Omedic clan and, and his group going to get their white from now on if they've murdered Wayun. He did pick up the white box. Yeah, well, that's the one box. Where is he going to get the next installment? Well, presumably they're going to send a rescue ship or something at some point. Yeah. It's also unclear. Like, in theory, can it? Hmm. Like, there must be some sort of way for a Jem'Hadar to access the box. Because, like... If you accidentally lose your Vorta, right. you're still going to be able to get to it, but... Well, well, but then again, for all we know, if you lose your Vorta, maybe the thing is you just, you blow up the ship or you just, just you just die. Maybe. Well, maybe that's their plan, because they stayed on the planet to fight the other Jem'Hadar, so maybe they don't plan to live very long. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it definitely seems like they, the Jem'Hadar are disposable, and they know it, and they're oh, yeah. okay with it. 100%, yeah. Yeah, like the renegade Jem'Hadars, they don't have, they probably don't have a cache of white that's going to last very long either. Like, they're probably just in it for, let's fuck up as much stuff as we can until we die. Well, I think or the, the, the idea the with them was, yeah, they'd get the gateway working and then they would... Oh, they could steal some white. They could steal some white. They could get other Jem'Hadar to join them. It was, it was uh, very handy that the renegades very politely put on nice vests. So it was easy to tell that they were renegades. Oh, was it? I couldn't tell them apart, and I thought they should like wear an armband or like everyone like paint a dot on their head or something. So you gotta tell which one is which. Oh yeah, no. If you go back, all the renegades wore this like black vest. Oh, okay, I missed that. But yeah, Jake, how how excited were you about the return of the Iconian Gateway? I know you've got all sorts of fan theories. Oh built yeah, up about I love it. I love the Iconian Gateways. I'm really glad that they brought that back because you know. It, it could have just been a one episode thing. Yeah. And that's honestly probably what it they thought it was until mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we can use this in the Dominion arc. Yeah. yeah um, there's probably more of them around. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Because like that is such a such a powerful weapon. It's a shame though, because I'm sure it won't come up again. <laughs> it's like they they paid lip service to the Iconian gateways by bringing them back for one episode. Well, it's got to be hard to find. Like, the first one that we saw in Contagion, like, it was a big deal that they found it. Yeah. Well, that like, was I'm the sure home they're... world. Yeah, they found out. the home world. Mm. Like, it, it, they had to, you know, it, follow a 
you know, a trail of breadcrumbs to locate the homeworld. Yeah. yeah. Well, if there are others, which I'm sure there are, but I bet you they're, like, impossible to find because, you know, all the Oconians are dead. Well, and they're and... clearly, uh, they had a galaxy-wide reach because this one was in the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing also that, you know, they, they, they say that they were they were this galaxy-spanning empire and then they fell, you know, they vanished. Yeah. And my suspicion would be that, you know, perhaps once they vanished, the planets that had gateways on them, the people on those planets may have just been like, you know what? Destroy We're going to destroy it. this thing. Smart. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, to to bring up Stargate again. Yay! Um, the Stargate network is similar to the Iconian gateways. That's a good, yeah. that's a good parallel. I like that. In that, you know, you can basically go anywhere in the galaxy. I really get a And oftentimes, you know, and there's, these, there's empires that are using these to like enslave people so when the when the humans the, the the earth people go to a planet they're like listen we're not the slave people but listen if the slave people if you don't want the slave people to come back bury the stargate just bury it because it can't work if it's filled with dirt would it be better to destroy it completely or are they it's really hard out, to destroy they're hard to destroy they're made out of a material that's very hard to destroy yeah it makes sense i think you can blow it up with a nuke Oh, no, that's the other thing. Yeah, if you blow up a Stargate, it, like, blows up with the fury of a thousand nukes. Okay, yeah, just bury it. So just bury it. Yeah, they had to put one into space once to, like, avoid getting blowed up. Uh, Uh, So that if anybody tries to go through it, they'll just end up in space. Well, no, no, no. Like blew up somebody, somebody had rigged it oh, to explode. Oh, they blew it up in space. I and, they, see. and they're like, oh, we can't let this blow up on a planet because it'll destroy half the planet. So put it in space. Nice. Good times. They threw it into a big slingshot. And we accidentally blew up, like, I don't know, a minor moon. Oh, no we released it. General Zod. <laughs> Classic. Maybe they'll... Uh, That's a Superman joke, right? Yes. Great, uh, I got it. Got maybe, maybe it'll get retconned. Maybe uh, the Iconian Gateway will have been attached to the mycelial network this whole time. Show up in disco at well, some point. I was legit just thinking it would be funny if it showed up in disco. So it's funny that you say that. I mean, yeah, I mean that could, they could, uh, you know, explain the gateways by saying that they did use, you know, they were just passages onto the mycelial network. That, that's yeah. not a bad retcon. Yeah. Watch it I don't already have happened that. by the time this goes live. That would be really funny. Oh, well, <gasps> oh, season three will have started by the time this yeah. goes up, huh? Wow. Wait, when does it start? Beginning um, of October? Something October like that, 15th. Yeah. Ooh, oh Jake's birthday. So which is a Thursday, so... Well, happy birthday to you, Jake. The, this could be the episode that airs. Uh, that I could day. look it up, but I'm not going to. No, I think this one goes up to 20... Whatever the Second. 15 plus 7 mm-hmm. is. Okay, well... Man, the that episode of Discovery sure was something last week, huh, Easy. guys? It was. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're talking DS9, and I are. read that the the whole fight scene it was so violent and intense that this is the first time in all of Star Trek that they've had to cut a scene for an amount of violence. Wow. Whoa. Like, originally, there were 52 Jem'Hadar deaths on screen. Jesus and they Christmas. Remo- and they removed 32 of them. Holy shit. And of course, in Britain, they cut it even more because the British are so squeamish about everything, evidently. That's weird. But yeah, in Germany, of course, they added them all back in. I hope But they so. were naked. Yeah, England is really weird, too. They have something against, like, 
ninjas. Like when the Ninja Turtles cartoon was initially on, they like changed Michelangelo's nunchakus into something else because they were like very just anti- like a grappling hook yeah it was yeah exactly so it was, they were like very anti-ninja as well well they outright really changed strange. the title of the show to teenage mutant hero turtles yeah that's right <laughs> that has so since at least it still parses with the song yeah that has since gone away they can just call it ninja turtles now but yeah i like, like to imagine that the, the, the they didn't re-record the whole theme song they just teenage mutant hero but it'll be british hero yeah. hero turtles teenage mutant Hero. Yeah. Turtles. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, no, they get they get some weird uh especially then. I think I think again, like I think these days they're more chill, but yeah, in the eighties and nineties they were really weird about stuff. Yeah. I blame Thatcher. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, nothing her. nothing struck me in the in the fight scenes as terribly interesting so maybe we needed to see that extra 45 seconds they cut or whatever yeah because yeah i remember it not being like the best fight and i remember and as i mentioned in my synopsis like i totally missed whatever this thing was where cisco saved ometiclon yeah someone well, it was right to... in the gate it was right in the gate room in the yeah room. yeah but it, like it, i i saw it happened and because i you know had read the synopsis before i was like oh was that the thing they were referring to or is there going to be another thing that's very obvious him doing something oh no i guess that's it yeah, he took one of the axes to the arm, I think, or something. It just right? looked like he shoved, he gave Ometiclan a little shove, but since I couldn't tell the Jem'Hadar characters apart, I just didn't know what he was doing. Oh. <laughs> but they, they did call it out. Yeah. You know, Ometiclan was like, you saved me. Even though I threatened to kill you. But I gotta admit, like, isn't I having not read the synopsis, just watching it fresh, it was just like... I think Cisco jumped in the way. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you for saying so, Ometiclon, because I was not positive. Yeah, mm. it wasn't very overt. But I also I mean, think, though, that, like, despite that, I mean, that whole fight fight sequence was very much mid-90s television fight yeah. choreo, <laughs> where it's like, you know, uh, Yeah. Uh, How many times did uh, you say? Oh, yeah. There were, like, three or four hits where I was like, that, not not good. Jadzia oh, got a good one in, but a lot of the, um, a lot of the battle was, like, that that punch or whatever was... Yeah. I liked when they away. unleashed Odo for, like, one moment. Oh, like, yeah. I, I can only oh, imagine yeah. it's because they probably ran out of budget, and yeah. his shape-shifting what, takes so much money and effort. When he was a tentacle monster? It was great. That fucking owned... Well, and I was honestly shocked by it because I didn't realize, like, Worf had been carrying him like a bag. Like, I was just literally thinking, like, oh, Worf looks like a fucking nerd with that, you know, gym bag over his shoulder. (laughs) And it turned into Odo, and I was like, oh, shit, totally worth it. (laughs) Nice. And I was like, oh, God, Odo is hentai. What the fuck is going on? And then Mm. it was over. But he had a very satisfied look, which made me, oh, sorry. I just jostled the fucking table. I'm sorry. But yeah, um... Odo had a very self-satisfied look on his face after he did it, and it was very exciting. Yay. Yeah. Though, again, definitely a case of, like, why did they bring Odo? Like, obviously, it was so he could sass off with... Wayun. Wayun, but they didn't know they were going to run into... Like, metatextually, I understand why they brought him, but in-universe, there was really no good reason for them to bring him. Well, maybe he could have... I guess I kind of thought maybe he was there to like, because Wayun was like, you know, I'm like born to serve you or whatever. I kind of wondered if he played found, like they were going to use him to play founder and oh, get, maybe. get the other Jem'Hadar to back yeah. off. I mean, or that's something. that's the thing. It it couldn't hurt to have him along if you're going to be engaging with with the Jem'Hadar, just because they they aren't going to kill him. Yeah, 
See, I betcha that he just wanted a little more distance between him and Kira because Kira's been talking about how great Shakar's dick is so much. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Like, no, that? I'll, I'll just come on this away mission. Get, I can't anymore. Well, no, Cisco actually said, "Odo, you're coming." Yeah. Um, and Odo was like, "I had things to do." Okay. <laughs> actually, I think um, what I said initially was, "I have to use the bathroom." All right. <laughs> just go. And that led me to being like, "Wait." Like, I guess I, I've i known that he doesn't eat and drink and shit because we made a big old deal about it. But, like, does he not gain any sustenance in any fucking way ever? Like, does he just live in perfect, what do you call it, homeostasis? Like, he's Where got nothing? Where does he get energy from? Because I know he has to revert to goo for, you know, a little while every day. What does he do when he's... Like resuscitate, not resuscitating. Maybe he feeds for? on the cosmic microwave background. Maybe he, he feeds on any bugs that fall into his goop. <laughs> yes. He photosynthesizes. There's no sunlight. Maybe he's got a lamp above his. <laughs> he, uh, he's no, I'm lamps in his room. I'm yeah. picturing Garrick lying on a stone with like one of those heat lamps. He drinks from one of those little pet bottles, you know? <laughs> Someone throws in some live crickets. Well, uh, <laughs> that's Garrick, not Odo, but still, I like it. I like it as a visual. Uh, what the fuck? I just had another thought as well about Odo. Oh, when he was talking about like, oh, I love the Jem'Hadar. If I didn't have to turn into sludge every day, think of all the other shit I could get done. <laughs> and all I could think was like, yeah, think about how much more moping you could do about Kira with a few oh, extra hours. Poor yeah. Odo. Think about how many more civil rights you could violate. Fucking Odo. Oh, God, briefly, just since we've sort of circled around the destruction there at DS9, Pylon 3. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a Quark's little freakout. I loved yeah. it. He yeah. cared so much about Rom's safety. And I'm going to kill him. And he, he didn't even, like, try to make an excuse when he found out he was fine, you know? Like, you'd half expect him to go, oh, good, because he still owes me five strips of latinum, you see. But he was just like, no, he, I was worried. And that was it. He was honest. Perhaps losing him as a poorly paid indentured servant at his bar has made him appreciate him more as a human being. Yeah, it was just it was a really nice, if unexpected moment. It was really nice. Yeah, I liked it. Also, Quark might need those organs someday, so. <laughs> Good point. That's true. I ever need marrow. But yeah, man, that, uh, see, that's the thing, like spoilers for later in this show but goddamn um, Jake by like this is the only bit we see of you know that was some serious damage to the station like yeah. oh yeah and the rest I of the episodes on the defiant or on the other planet i i would think that you know this would be a significant thing that they'd be having to deal with like repairing it yeah but, but they brought Fixed O'Brien right with them yeah yeah well i'm sure there's other people that can uh Piece well, yeah, together, that's because it's probably in Colmini's rider that he has to be in this episode. <laughs> it also seemed to me, though, like they they didn't have any time to really plan this this mission because they needed to follow the Jem'Hadar Ion Trail. Mm. So yeah, maybe if they had more time to plan it, they would have been like, "All right, O'Brien, why don't you stay here and fix the station that you know could very well blow up?" Because I'm sure it's not good for it to have a huge chunk destroyed. Yeah, and again, it's like it's fixed by next week. Hmm. Would have been nice if they'd like kind of kept it busted for a little while. Oh, they produced them in reverse order. Ah, uh, maybe that's why. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm also pretty sure, though, we never see the damaged pylon again. No, I'm sure we don't. It's like there's, there's just a few weeks where it's the right shape, but it's not been painted yet, so it's like Starfleet gray. Mm. It's covered in Tyvek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they went with the zip system, I see. Oh. Is it the, the green one you see around? Yeah. Nice. That's fancy it's, stuff. It's got one of those signs hanging off the side, like, you know, this job by... Uh, Vito Scalepi contractors or something. I get it. You really think as an Italian I could have thought of a better Italian name? Vito Scalepi. Hand over your card. Just so many. Don Salieri would have been better. Come on. Con- yeah, con- so many contractors are Italian, at least around here. Hmm. And they can fit you for some good concrete overshoes as well. Uh, I have one more thing I wanted to make sure I brought up. Or I, I, I have another thing I wanted to make sure I brought up. I didn't care for Omeriklan's acting. Like, I felt like whenever he talked, he stood stock still, didn't move a fucking facial muscle, never changed, never, like, Well, how could you eyes. tell under all that makeup? Well, we've seen some actors who work well under the makeup. Yeah. And this yeah, guy, I, th- like, I don't think that was do bad acting. Thing. I just think that was, I think that was more of a choice. Was it? It if, looked if I had terrible. To guess. <laughs> a I didn't shitty like choice. <laughs> I, I gotta yeah, I admit, I didn't find it distracting, so I didn't yeah, notice I didn't, I didn't either way. It. You didn't I notice, like, oh, he's a, he, after every single scene, I was like, this fucking guy, god damn it. You didn't notice I was just like, what he's I was a Jem Hadar, he doesn't have, you know, he's he's all business. They don't have personalities. They don't fuck. We've seen Jem Hadar have lots hobbies. of personality. Yeah, Jed yeah, Z's buddy there was pretty, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I like that good. he was like, you don't look 300. You just admitted you your own race never lives past 30, you fucking have no idea what three. Well, they looks study like. other species, though. Mostly Cisco, mm. just Cisco. Maybe you, maybe, maybe you don't get to be the first with any, you know, having a personality. Yeah, we met like, Garanagar a couple weeks ago, and he was great. Which one was Garanagar? Garanagar was the one who doesn't need the white anymore. So he, well, yeah, he doesn't need the white either because he's 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 like the least Gem Hadar Gem Hadar there, oh, that ever gemmed. Boom. I so I actually I looked up. His actor, our what's his name, a Metaclon? Yeah, Clarence Williams III. Yeah, because I was like, they listed him special in the credits. I'm like, who is this guy? And it turns out he was in the Mod Squad, the yeah. show, not the movie. And his photo on the IMDb is from back in the 70s, and he just has this amazing afro. It is the it fucking is most incredible so afro good. I have ever seen. Hmm. Nice. And uh, the guy what gets his neck snapped is a recurring Trek background actor. He's oh sweet. He was actually in the original uh, the Tulaberry Wine episode. He was the, like the big alien that I think flung Quark out initially. Oh, yeah, hmm. the big red dude with the spots yeah. and the weird hat. Yeah, neat. Um, he was one of them, and I think we have or will see him at some point if we haven't already as a Klingon. Neat. Nice, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, that that Jem Hadar discipline, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. You 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 act up. Yeah, it makes the Klingons look weak. Mm. Metaclon's like, oh, you sent him to his room. You think that's discipline? But I also am just like, no. But you murdered him, which means now you ha- now you're down a guy. Now yeah. you're down your best guy. Yeah. And we're about to go into battle, and like, it wasn't like you know, yeah, what he did was bad. I guess you know, he he got into a fight with. With, when he yeah, but wasn't Worf is the to? one that punched him in the face. I mean, no, no, the other guy started it though. Didn't yeah, he? he was trying to get O'Brien to go train, and Worf decided to punch him in the face. He, oh, so he yeah, called. Yeah, he called right. the ship. He said the ship should be hauling garbage. 
What did you expect to happen? <laughs> I, I did last night. No, he said it should be hauled away as garbage. I, I was trying to think of a Trouble with Triples joke when the fight broke out last night, and I just couldn't. Man, they they should somebody should do a recut of this episode, but instead of the you know when the fight happens, just go. Well, Jake, we're counting on you. There you go. Speaking of O'Brien, there were two O'Brien things this episode. Yeah, one that was cool, and one was that his usual was his usual bullshit. Which is which? Tell us which is which. Wait, what was the usual bullshit? The usual bullshit was when he was like openly mocking the Jem Hadar's like rousing speech, like. I'm yeah. alive and I plan to stay that way. I've got the luck of the Irish. I thought that was great. I'm not going to lie. I liked it, but it's just more of his old racist shit, I feel like. I don't know. That's, I mean, I don't think you have to be racist to think that's a really fucked up speech. If we're going to be mad at Cisco for violating Worf's Klingon rights. I wasn't mad at him for that. Though. Well, yeah, I, I am. Mad at him Ames that is either. with me, maybe. I'm I just, with you, Caitlin. Thanks, Ames. I just thought it was a little like, I don't know. I think it was just to be the human counterpoint, because I'm sure that speech was oh, really... demoralizing as fuck? For the humans in the room, so... I was O'Brien, demoralized. O'Brien Shit. had to bring in some levity. Yeah, well, not great at it. Um, so what's the other O'Brien thing? The other O'Brien thing was, I thought it was, like, kind of sweet when he brought his little, like, voice thumb drive to be uploaded for Keiko. Oh, see, I was making jokes left and right about that. I just my, thought it was sweet. I mean, my, my joke is O'Brien's I'm going to get killed in this a letter to Keiko is mostly him cackling that he's free. <laughs> poor Keiko. That poor bitch. <laughs> we give her so much shit on this show. See, uh, really, though, he should have had two. Because Julian had stayed behind. Mm, that's true. Yeah. I mean, he probably sends. Oh, his you directly. mean one for Julian? Yeah. Yeah. One for his wife, one for his boyfriend. For the. One one for the love of his life, and one for his wife. Hey! Yeah. So, his actual message is just like, Make sure Molly likes potatoes. Don't don't dishonor me, death. <laughs> <laughs> don't feed her nothing but that kale shit. But I liked that also that, like, Jadzia was like, Yeah, I send one to my mom. I don't know, it was just kind of like a... It was like cheesy, right? It was cheesy, but I thought it was an interesting thing because I never really thought about it before. But like, of course, if they were going into a battle where they weren't sure if they were going to come back, like they have the tech. Of course they would do that. Mm. You know, I don't know. I thought it was sweet. I mean, Tasha had her whole like Windows desktop. I'm dead message. Mm. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> like you're course- you're supposed to just have like a messages like that pre-recorded as a starfleet officer to begin with but maybe like when you're going into battle it's a good idea just to update it yeah o'brien yeah. likes keeping his as up to date up to date as possible so that he can put in all the gripes against keiko that happened that week his his festivus uh well i think i, I mean with him you know he has a family of grievances a family that he cares about you know you imagine someone who is like has fewer connections. Like, Jim Kirk recorded his once when he was first promoted to captain and didn't update it for 20 years. You know, if he'd played his, he would have been in the old gold shirt with the straight hair toupee instead of the curly one. All I can think of now is uh, Total Recall. And <laughs> If you're watching this movie, I died in the space battle. <laughs> Keiko, I love you. Send my love to our children. I don't know. Uh, Your yeah. Arnold gets better and better, Caitlin. Oh, thank you, thank you. Point of pride. Um, but yeah, no, I don't watched... know. I like this episode. I like the I like the intro of Wayun. Yeah, right? I'm sad we're never going to see him again. 
Ames, I have a question for you. Oh, no. Wayoon, kind of hot? I don't know. I've never looked at him that way. I was kind of into it. Jake, okay. Jake, same question. Wayoon, kind of hot? Oh, yeah. Maybe oh, not, yeah. Maybe not physically, but I could see the personality being sort of a turn on. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's the thing. You know, he, he's such a enigmatic kind of character because, yeah, he's part of the Dominion. He's clearly, you know, evil in some way. But he's he's got, you know, again, like that that car salesman energy. Yeah. That, you know, kind of makes him likable in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. I had entirely missed when when he gets killed that Omedicon is like, that's for not having trusted us that time. Yeah. And I yeah have to, like, that's for questioning way, our loyalty. Go way back to be like, what is that a reference to? Oh, right. Because you thought they if they didn't know about the Iconian gateway, they would continue to be loyal. So you didn't tell them, but they knew anyway. It it was. You think it, left, it left for not a very big reaction to his death. You think Jedzia told him? No. Yeah. No, According just... to Cisco, loose lips sink ships. No, I was making fun of the fact that uh, Worf found out from Dax. Dax that yeah, Omedaclan said he was going to kill Cisco. Mm. If he does succeed, he will not live long to boast about it. Well, definitely Rom. Rom was spreading spreading secrets. <laughs> Speaking of Rom, let's move on. Rom's not in this episode either. <laughs> let's talk Segway. let's segue did it success let's talk about the quickening another fun romp i love highlander i don't get the reference so we start off the I quickening bet liz does liz is happy now mm -hmm. sorry go ahead ames good i'm glad one person is happy Woo, chris so we start off the quickening with with a with a very very light tone when we hear quark's new ad jingle for the bar oh my god and it's so delightful Oh, and I it's the that lightest was this episode. Yeah, it's the lightest thing we're going to get because the rest of this episode is so dark and it really depressing. Is. Yep. But at least we got that one moment of levity. You. Me. <laughs> oh, you're being warp. I see. So yeah, after we have the light scene with Quark, Bashir, Dax, and Kira are out flying around doing the thing. They pick up a distress call from the Teplan system. So they go down and they find that all the people down there are assholes. They're also dying from blight, but they're mostly assholes. So I guess they have this blight, which is this big illness that they all have. That it's you know it's a permanent disease that will kill all of them. That the Jem'Hadar infected with them with, infected them with because they were mean to them one day or something. I think they were like uh, rejecting the founders' orders. No, oh, yeah, they just resisted the Dominion. Yeah, this is what you get when you resist horrible disease that will slowly kill your people. Awesome. Uh, so we meet Trevian. Trevian? Trevian. How is it pronounced? Trevian? Yeah. We meet Trevian, who's kind of their Dr. Kevorkian type, uh, because they've all given up on ever curing the blight. They just decide death with dignity is better than anything else because we, we're just resigned ourselves to dying. So whenever Julian is there saying, I want to try to cure the thing, they're like, dude, don't bother. We don't care. Except for this one chick, Ikoria, who's a pregnant lady who maybe wants her, her child to live. That might be nice for her. So she decides to help Bashir with his research. The research starts going nowhere, and he gets a whole room full of people killed in a scene straight out of a fucking horror show. Oh my god, it was yeah. like, wow. It was a awful. lot of stuff was happening, and it was a little bit overwhelming. Julian almost gives up. He almost goes back with Kira to go back to the station and say, well, I guess these people are fucked. Never mind. 
But then I think he sees Ikoria's blight has quickened, which means, you know, it's her, her face is basically outbreaking with veins and shit. Well, they always um, they always have the lesions, but when they become yeah. inflamed, yeah, when they yeah, turn, it's all how red. You know they're yeah, they go from blue to red. Yeah, effect was good. Yeah. So he decides, all right, I'm going to stay. I'm going to fixie if I can make any more progress, even if it's only me and Akoria hanging out. At the very least, let's see if we can have her live long enough to have her baby. And then we get out of this the most boring birth scene I've ever seen. But the baby's out, and the baby is blight-free, because it turns out whatever the hell Julian was doing served as a vaccine for the baby. So now I really, really hope these people aren't anti-vaxxers, because this might help them in the future. <laughs> so, yeah. when Julian was saying, like, you've got to get everyone to take the vaccine, I turned to Caitlin and said, for the love of God, don't invent Facebook. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, so this episode is left with Julian having a sad that he couldn't help the people, but at least TNG, the next generation, haha, will huh. be saved. And then we end with uh, with me singing Come to Quarks. <laughs> Come to Quarks. Quarks is fun. Come right now. Don't walk, run. Love do, it. Do, do, do. And uh, did you guys also, uh, did any of you do the Lion King thing when uh, oh, Trevelyan yeah. oh, oh, yeah. the baby? Yeah. Absolutely. That was great. <laughs> Yeah, man, this is a heavy episode. Yeah, it's so good. I don't know. This is this is this is pretty good. Pretty up there for me. So I actually uh, didn't remember this one, ah. and if I did, probably wouldn't have written a fanfic a couple of weeks ago where Julian doesn't have his equipment. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, but I, 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 yeah, I, it was distinct. Yeah, you know, that, it was a distinct story. But I was watching it and I was like, oh, huh. Yeah, I, I, I didn't draw a parallel at all, so. I didn't either. I figure, like, what an incredibly vicious disease, because presumably it was designed so that exposure to sort of, like, modern tech would just make it worse. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because, like, they talk about how this society used to be a modern yeah, like civilization. Yeah, as, as advanced as Star We Point. built vast cities and explored Other space worlds and, and shit. Yeah. Yeah, you can see all the all the structures that that are around. Like, man, this must have been a really expensive episode to produce because not only were there a shitload of extras, yeah, you know, there were also a lot of sets. Yeah, I actually sets. read that they lost a lot of time because a lot, since a lot of the sets were outside, it was raining a oh, lot, no. which never happens in California. So I was kind of surprised. But it destroyed a lot of their sets, and they had to oh. wait for the rain to stop to go rebuild the sets. So Bummer. that sucks. Didn't that happen recently as well? Or, I feel like you were telling us about something similar that had happened, but maybe you were telling us about this? I don't know. Uh, it's not an uncommon thing for yeah. lots I know of the, like, uh, drawbacks on set. The original Star Wars actually had some of their sets in Tunisia Tunisia, Tunisia destroyed. Because, you know, it was their, like, once-every-decade massive rainstorm came through. Oh, no. And completely fucked their sets. And then the same thing happened on episode one. Hmm. Nice. Continuity. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, this it was really cool. I liked the the world-building that they did. And, like, the, the mural of the, yeah. the, that uh, yeah. her husband had done. So how big was this society? It must have been huge because, you know, I look, I kept saying, like, how are there still so many people mm. if almost all of them don't live long enough to have children? 
is yeah. my is the only thing you can assume. Like, how many of them can can produce offspring? Yeah. Well, that's all I could think was like, if all of them are dying so young, these babies are going to be fending for themselves when they're like three. Mm, or you know, they're just they've come up with systems. You know, like a lot of you know until fairly recently, uh, childbirth for humans was you know a pretty gruesome affair and it's you still know. gross i mean it's still gross but i mean m- nowadays we more or less expect that mothers will survive that process but you know 100 years ago 200 years ago you know coin flip maybe right yeah especially when like people were having tens of babies yeah yeah well don't worry though you know um greatest country in the world our uh maternal mortality rates going up nice yeah huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm just imagining that they've figured out systems to deal with. You're probably just raised by the, the orphan community. problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, I guess I just meant if the community is only so big and half the people we've met have died, just yeah. like yeah. yeah. So like, what are the what I is mean. the replacement rate of of people on this planet? Negative. Yeah, I mean, it, way they, negative. Yeah, like if Julian hadn't come along. There is a chance that they would have been extinct within another century or so. Yeah, you got to face. So it's been two hundred. It's been two hundred years since the Dominion, you know, devastated their planet. You know, and if there were, if they were a society of billions, say, you know, roughly, let's say, roughly the size of Earth's population today, maybe so seven, seven or eight billion. You know, they could still be a few million left, even, Mm. um, even at a very low fertility rate yeah but still like the amount of like carnage there must have been oh yeah over the past 200 years is unbelievable. oh yeah it's horrible i mean it's just it's like that just goes to show you know i'm glad that it wasn't like some mystery disease i'm glad that they established that like no no the dominion did this yeah this was a deliberate thing yeah to show other systems, other planets, not to defy them. Yeah, the scene the scene with Bashir standing with all the bodies covered in tarps oh, surrounding yeah. him is just, wow, rough. Mm. But it also, like, that wasn't normal. You know, the, I don't think people normally die en masse like that. I'm guessing, you know, they, well, they even say that... Well, no, definitely, he did that. Yeah, it's because of his... The, the the EM fields from his instruments like expedited that process. And man, that was actually a really cool, if not terrifying, effect when like the th- the the thing that Dax had put on that dude's head, like when he was quickening. I don't know if you guys know this, but like the veins like grew out of it. Ooh, sweet. In, oh sweet! Oh shit! No, I missed that. Oh yeah, it was. Wow. It was. I don't know if it was done with CG or what, but it, it, it looked done... really cool. Uh, this was one of the early uses of motion capture. Wow! So this was this was an early um, uh, use where they had you know the actors were, were around like that guy um, Epran like had the white dots on his face. Huh. And they filled it in later. Wow, hmm. that's wild. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Um, but man, what a way to go! Yeah, that oh. seemed awful. I know when Julian's trying to resuscitate him, I'm just like, don't, just please don't. Please That's stop, what Julian. I was thinking. Let, it's like, let just him let him dead. go. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, you'd what, also what think that, you, like... Yeah, what can you do if he comes back? Watch him, him die again. 
I'm actually a little surprised that um like maybe maybe because medicine is so good in the federation that you don't ever like it it rarely comes to this but i'm yeah. surprised that the like the idea of compassionate euthanasia isn't a thing that I julian said is, the is, same behind, is thing. supportive of i said we the same McCoy thing i was like it's the 24 that's and that's what chris said hey yeah. like because yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that it was really weird. I was like, dude, it's the 24th century. You're telling me there's no death with dignity yet in Starfleet or well, uh, the Federation? Like, there must be, right? Yeah. Here's the beautiful thing for Julian is that Julian, like, has never failed A, this hard, and B, possibly ever before. Well, you he know, failed he's, with, he's, his, he's, with his Jem'Hadar friend. That, I don't able... know if that was his failing or the Jem'Hadar's not letting him help or something. I think he feels like he could have done it. But, you know, this is... Well, didn't O'Brien is... trash his shit? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. what actually happened? <laughs> yeah, it was really yeah. O'Brien's well, fuck up. Damn it, no, like, well, It was, though, wasn't it? Yeah, no, he blew up his stuff. Yeah. yeah. But he wouldn't have... I don't think he would have found the cure for the white addiction. No, but now he can blame O'Brien instead of himself. That's exactly. That's what I do every day. But yeah, so we're, we're seeing how... It's, it's an arrogance. It's like the arrogance in Bashir thinking, I can cure the world. And, I can cure this and, in a week. And Dax Jadzia. had a great line. I loved it. The, li the line is, it's arrogant to think that there isn't a cure just because you couldn't find it. Mm. Yeah, she, like, she, I fucking love you. You're great. She well, spilled it, a lot of tea on him. Well, it doesn't help that, it, that you know, he did once pull this off. Like, it sounds like recently. Because there was oh, that yeah. line where he was like, oh, yeah, remember we were there. We found it in like three days. We cured everybody. We got medals. I got blown. It was great. I got blown. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I also think, though, that part of, um, you know, th this goes back to that sort of an original vision of Bashir. Is yeah. Like that, the frontier doctor, you know. Yeah, bright-eyed, Working in, in shitty conditions and researching diseases that no one's ever dealt with before. And I think, you know, in his mind, he has this romanticized view of it where it's like, yeah, I am going to save these primitive people you know it's, it's this very colonial view of things and yeah. then the the reality of it is he handed oh, out smallpox shit. blankets that's the reality <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it, it's kind of like you know since they've been working on fixing his character like you know they've made him less of a sex pest and now it's like all right let's let him really fuck up yeah in the medical like side of things um yeah. but he does kind of get a redemption because he he ends up actually finding the vaccine. Yeah, but you can see that's not enough for him, because at the yeah. end of the episode, he's still working on a proper cure. Mm. Which, I mean, makes sense not just for altruistic reasons, but also, hey, God knows that the Dominion might unleash a version of it on us someday. Yeah, True. No shit. Good point. Yeah, I read that the, the working title of this episode was The Healing Touch, but they thought that, they, they, they said, we're going to change that because... The implication is that Julian will heal them mm. from that title. You think he's going to succeed if you heard that title, and you don't. You don't want to know that. In a way, though, like it would be kind of better because at the end, he really again he doesn't really. So it would work sort of as dramatic irony. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I also think though that even even with this title, you know, even with any title. As a viewer, you know, I I don't know. I've seen this episode before, so I knew what happened, but. As first-time viewers, did you believe that he was going to fail in the end? 
Or did you think that there was that he was probably going to succeed? I think I literally said out loud something about like, oh, yeah, he's not going to be able to do this and he's going to feel like a dick. I mm. feel like I said something to show that I was not. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I had him to do it. Yeah, he was just going in way too optimistic. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. Hmm. A funny yeah. thing, didn't I know did... how much it was not going to work. Yeah, I never no, saw him not like, expect killing a bunch of them. No, that was wow. Uh, yeah, sadly, I had been spoiled on this episode. That fanfic that Siddig and Robinson read together. Oh, it does spoil this episode. Oh, that sucks. Did they? Oh, that sucks. I uh... I was going to ask if they did a spoiler warning, but of course it didn't. This was twenty fucking years ago. <laughs> but still, that's a bummer. I did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it didn't bother me because. Still watching this episode, it's still riveting. Yeah, and I, I had said towards the beginning when he was starting his test, I was like, man, you, you think he'd want, like, you know, someone who isn't pregnant as a control, because surely that's going to throw some sort of unexpected factor into this. And uh, I was more right than I expected. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> but right for the best reason. Yeah. yeah. I have to say um, that even though I was super outraged in the beginning about him being so, like, anti-Death with Dignity... I did sort of start to feel like uh, Trevian was a little too gung-ho about killing people. They're all really gung-ho about dying. Well, like, yeah, yeah, what's what's her name even said, like, we've come to worship death. And- yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ipran says, Ipran says to um, Julian when he comes in to be a test subject, he says, I canceled my death for you. I was, was really, really looking, looking forward, forward to it. To it. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, right? Like... I think that they the writers did a really good job of, you know, creating or trying to imagine a realistic world where, you know, horrible death was just, you know, in, inevitable and exactly, could strike at yeah. any time. Yeah. Um, you know, like, sure, humans and, you know, um, you know, presumably every other species or except for maybe changelings, you know, has a life cycle, life cycle, Jesus, life cycle, and eventually dies. So you know, everybody does kind of have to confront mortality in some sense. But these people, it's like you're it's born, guaranteed. yeah, you're guaranteed to die, and you're guaranteed to die soon and horribly, and very horribly. horribly. Yeah, so yeah, barring- the idea that like you know, probably the the best thing that you can that can happen to you is to go to Trevian and get and get put down just because oh yeah it's very peaceful you drink this tea and you're with your friends and family and everyone's happy and there's no pain yeah you get to take a nice bath get some clean clothes mm. I mean, also it the feels- society itself is just so shitty too yeah. you know it's like horrible it's the, the the planet it reminded me a lot of the atolls in waterworld the way the society was, first of all, there wasn't a lot of water, but yeah. like the level that they were brought down to. Mm. Um, shit, I had a fuck. Give me two seconds. I'm so sorry. I actually had a thought that wasn't just that. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I wonder if it's like kind of like living in a country that's like particularly like affected by active war. Like, something that we've really never known, but, like, if you live in an active military zone, it's probably somewhat similar if people are, like, if shit's getting bombed left and right and you never really know. Like, it just becomes, like, the background noise? Yeah. Or, like, I also was just thinking that, like, it's interesting that they, 
like became really into into the idea of dying because like I was thinking about like how like after 9-11 right remember everyone was really scared for a while but then eventually we were like but we're gonna keep on going because in reality like though it was horrible like one one terror attack when some countries are like constantly under terrorist attacks you know Mm -hmm. I don't know I guess it was an interesting take. So it's like they were still struggling on, but it didn't like, I don't know. It didn't seem to unite them. It just seemed to make them all pissed off and weird. Yeah. Like they could have easily just as a culture at some point been like, fuck it. Why wait to quicken? Let's all just Jonestown this shit right now. Mm. I'm sure there's a lot of them. That wasn't what I was going to (laughs) say. Holy shit. In in the 200 years they've had this, there probably wasn't a, we're just, you know, was it, this is just our death day. We're all going to... Oh, yeah, but what I mean is, like, they, they didn't get literally everyone to do it. Like, there is yeah. some sort of instinct to just be, like, whether it's out of stubbornness or spite or whatever, it's like, fuck it, we're going to keep going. We have mm. to uphold the website. Yeah. Was that Jonestown or the other, or the other group? That, that was... That, that was, was the uh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah, that was Heaven's Gate. Ah. Jonestown was, like, the 70s, so websites. Is that the one that was in Waco? No, Waco no, that's the was the Branch Davidians. Yeah, oh, and they were killed by the uh, FBI. I never got that into cults. They're too podcast. hard to keep straight. Oh, you know what I really liked was Bashir's story about his teddy bear. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. K- what was it? Kaka Rico? Uh, Kukalaka. No, Does that mean anything? Did anybody look that up? No, I, I looked did. it up, and all I found was Bashir's teddy bear. Oh, I have a story. Oh, you do? Yeah, there was a story because the writer. I want to say Iris Stephen Bear, but it could have been somebody else. Might have been um, Shankar, Naren Shankar. They knew a, a friend of theirs, like a childhood friend of theirs, had a imaginary friend as a kid. And the the writer of this episode remembered the name being Kukalaka. So he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my friend justice. I'm gonna name this teddy bear Kukalaka. And he shows the episode to his friend later. He says, Look, look, look what I did. And he's like, Oh, honey, Kukalaka wasn't my imaginary friend's name. Kukalaka was my ex-girlfriend's cat's name. And now I'm thinking about my ex-girlfriend. And now I'm sad. Hmm. Womp womp. Oh, you meant well. What was the friend's teddy bear's name? Uh, imaginary, imaginary friend's friend. name? Imaginary uh, friend. It, uh, I didn't see it transcribed somewhere. That's we should find. We should find out, because I'm sure it's delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a Doctor Who character, like, on a one-off, whose name sort of sounds like that? It is entirely possible and likely. I'm yeah, thinking and, almost, a- and almost certainly Bashir still sleeps with him in bed at night. Yeah. That's what I said, too. He was Yay. like, it's in a box, and he's like, it's on a shelf. I'm like, bullshit, you sleep with it. Don't lie. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Mm. But I also felt like him going from stuffed animal to puppet must not have been that helpful to... Uh, yeah, no. Like, she doesn't know what a puppet is. Well, if you want to say stuffed animal, then you start thinking, you have a taxidermied bear? What? Yeah, that's a thing. Like, I feel like a, well, a stuffed, like, I think it was smart. It was probably the the closest thing that he could say, because anything else, like, stuffed animal is very, I feel like, culturally human. Mm. I feel like you could at least just say it's like a children's toy. Like a doll. Like, a, yeah. it's a, it's an animal doll. Yeah. yeah. What's an animal? Yeah. What? Jesus. They know what animals are. Do they? We don't know that they they may not they may not even have animals on that planet. They're animals. Know. Um 
Yeah, that's funny because the the memory alpha entry for Kukalaka does just start with was a soft puppet like or something <laughs> like they use his description. A soft nice. puppet. It was refreshing, though, to see someone who didn't know every single thing about Earth culture and immediately yeah. go, oh, yes, yeah. a teddy bear, yes. Yeah. And actually, they did it a couple times. He used some... Well, he just kept using a lot of medical terminology. Yeah, like bedside, to bedside like... manner. But there yeah. was something else, oh, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like, he said that she was kind of like, what? And he was like, oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah, I, can't I forgot about bedside manner, though. Yes, that's a... But yeah, he had to, like, explain that to her. I also feel like we uh, we should do a shout out to Dax, who I thought was pretty good in this episode. Yeah, mm. and her hair yeah, was even down. Though, even though it wasn't a Dax episode, I think that she carried her her water this week. Yeah, they're finally like kind of figuring out what to do with her. It's a it's amazing how you know because we were we were really critical not just of Dax as the character but also of Terry Farrell as the actor. But it's amazing that with when the writing improved, yeah, miraculously. The acting also improved. It's almost like lines into the death that I was like, oh, Terry, you're doing a line reading. Great. Was this the one that uh, Rene Aubergenois directed? Yes, LeVar did. Yeah, LeVar Burton, we didn't mention he did the first one. Yeah. 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 And this was a Rene. This was the Rene show. Hearing from like what Kira said about uh, Kira, what Nana Visitor said about him, like after he had passed. What did she say? She kind of mentioned how. He was the kind of actor that made her want to, like, up her own game to meet him. Nice. You know? And so I feel like if he's already... The kind of actor who makes everyone around him better. Yes. So I, like I kind of feel like if that's, if that's kind of how he was, I could see him as a director being really incredible... Not that I'm saying that Terry Farrell wasn't doing the work, but I what I mean is like maybe he's just the kind of director that she works better with because yeah, I mean, I've, I it's you can tell like the best actors sometimes if if it's a bad director, you're not going to get the work out of them. I've said this before, but like just look at look at the Amazing Spider-Man. You look at that cast; it is a cast of award-winning actors all kind of doing shitty work and like when everyone is consistently having an off day you can only say it's got to be the director Mm. and conversely you can have a really terrible script that comes off well if the actors are good and the directors are good yeah like like the show we worked on together many years ago yes cough cough or even like i don't know you look at something like um i can't remember that movie but it was one where like kevin hart and the rock were Old high school buddies and the rock grows. Oh, I forget what it was. Central Intelligence. And it looked like such a generic story in a lot of ways, but like those two work so well together that it elevated a bland story into a much more successful film. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's it's true that it works both ways. Yeah. Um, you know, and that good writing and good directing can elevate mediocre actors and really good actors can elevate mediocre writing well it's all i feel like if you know if you've been given kind of crappy writing for years and they suddenly start writing well for you you're gonna care more mm. That's also, also very true i think you know we talked about the fact that she so often had to like they just kept giving her techno babble and then yeah, in this a one science officer yeah but then in this one she was the one who was like being the human person who's yeah translate. translating the actually it's very interesting when you look at when you look at tos your science officer was spock so when yep. he gives you techno babble he's a vulcan 
when you look at TNG, your science officer, or your, I don't know if he's science officer specifically, but Data is usually the one giving techno babble, and he's a robot. So yeah. yeah, it makes sense. When you have a person who's more, I mean, she's a trill, but she's she has a human way of speaking. Yes. <laughs> she's a person thing. She's not a, a, a computer, she's not a computer in flesh. Uh, two, she, she also has two to be logic to machines. Act. Yeah. Yeah. She's not just a logic machine. Yeah. Like when we get to Voyager, who's the science officer there? It's not Tuvok, is it? No, he's security. Okay. I forget. Uh, I, I don't think they really that's have a dedicated a Vulcan security officer. Yeah. Yeah. Tuvok oh is man, fun. I'm excited yeah. about that. I didn't realize that but, was yeah. his role. That's the thing. Yeah, like the Voyager, can... Voyager though, of all the Star Trek series, gets criticized the most for the techno overuse yeah. of techno babble. Oh rats! Yeah, so probably. We'll, we'll... Sure, it has nothing to do with the fact that it was the first female captain. I think, honestly, if anything, most of the techno babble probably ends up having to fall to Kim because he's ops. Which, in TNG at least, where they didn't have a dedicated science officer, ops became de facto science station. Mm. And probably a lot falls on Torres being the chief engineer, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah, I like Torres, though. We'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I will say that cast got very good at delivering it. Uh, Must have driven them fucking daffy, though. Oh, I bet. Oh, the other thing, speaking of just acting and such, the thing you pointed out, Caitlin, was um, during the birth scene... Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Ikoria. When Julian pulled when Julian pulled out the baby and pulled out. That's not exactly what happened. That's how it goes. How, <laughs> he just grabbed I mean, on and was, yanked. She no, was but, basically dead, so probably she, yeah. He made this face. Ju- this was thank you for my me cuz I totally forgot. Julian makes this fucking face and he holds it. It is this face of like just being actually blown away by the miracle not only of birth but of a blightless baby his mouth is just oh like go look at it oh excuse me go look at it again because during that scene i was watching her because she was dying this was some of the like i went this was some of the greatest julian acting i've ever seen because he really in my opinion got across just like being completely like blown away by again like just the birth but also the fact that he had succeeded it's like a shock but like also i don't know he just does it so well and i i was super impressed and he held it he like sustained it for a while yeah no he's like it's very clear that there's a lot of emotions happening at once it was really well done. It was like three seconds, but I was like, I literally was just like, holy shit, look at his face. Look at his face. Oh my God. Like, yeah. anyway. There was, something, there was something about the birth scene up until baby was out that I was, I was very nonplussed by, and I was trying to figure out why. And I think, you know, it was just, it was just a very bland birth scene. It was push, eh, push, eh, like five times in a row. Mm. And I realized later, like, like, what I think might have benefited, because she is actively dying. Yeah. Yeah. She does not have the energy to push this child out. And I felt like it needed something to remind you of that, something for Julian to say, like, if this is the last thing you ever do, you have to push. She's mm. like, I can't, I'm too weak. But you have to some, like, to take every last ounce of energy you have and make this be your life's work. And I don't know, something, something to make it dynamic. But yeah, I guess the... When the baby's out, then Julian, yeah, I'm good. I'm glad he's a person about it. 
yeah, no, it was it was great. It was really, really good Bashir acting. Mm. But yeah, um, I see what you mean. Plus, it just felt like it was the same shot the whole time, too. Maybe. Like, it was almost like her POV of him just standing over being like, push! And push. I felt like the angle was weird. I felt like she was sitting, like, yeah, straight up. That's what's something that I noticed. That, like, that would definitely like, make I've, the job I've a little harder. I've never seen a birth other than on TV, but I don't think it's common to be sitting straight up. Being fair, we don't know what their downstairs looks like. They are aliens. Actually, though, I feel like they're, you don't usually see 90 degrees, but I think usually the bed is lifted a little. Yeah, I think you have to be at like a 45 or 30 degree angle or something. And I feel like I've seen a lot of like kind of sitting up and bracing on the arms, maybe while burning. Maybe. I don't know. But I mean, like like, we're designed, we're designed to squat and drop. So like any, any way you're doing it that isn't that it's. It's not really right, but I feel mm. like there's usually an angle. I feel like, and again, this is like television style, but I feel like you do typically see kind of like a propping up on the arms and being like, Rrr! I don't know. Mm. That's yeah. my I think impression. Also maybe of because birth. it was just so close up on yeah. her face, mm. as opposed to you know being a slightly wider shot. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, like I said, we can just go with yeah, they're aliens. We know what's what's going yeah, on. We there. don't know what's going on. Yeah, she's got like a tail that does all the pushing for her. Ooh. Gross. Well, I've already explained. Yeah. He just uh, yeah. pulled the baby out. He suction cupped its little head and <laughs> yanked it out. I'm also kind of glad for the design of these aliens. They're just they they're just, they just look human. You know, there's no funny nose. Oh, they're no distracted from the head lesions. ridge. Yeah, exactly. So they have they just they just look like humans that happen to have these you know these sores all over them. Well, that's the thing too. Is when you first see them, you're like, okay, so this is their alien thing, and they're like, oh no, this is a horrible disease. Hmm. Yeah, no, this is, a, this is a top episode for me, I think. Um, nice, nice. By the end, we get we come back to Deep Space Nine, and the first thing I think is, we have to see the Quark ad again. <laughs> and then it gets really sad, and Julian's all, you know, doing his sad, you know, research thing. I'm like, mm, but I want to, but now the tone won't make sense, nope. but I want to see the Quark ad. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that uh, probably was the best, uh, you know. Let's open with this, because shit's about to go to... Go to fuck. Go to yeah. shit. I no, read I thought, that I they actually... Okay, I just said, I, th- I thought it was, uh, it was okay. Totally. No, that's what I mean. I am agreeing. Like, oh, okay. it was a good episode to use it in, because, like, it's like, oh, what a nice moment of levity. Yeah. Now get ready for 43 minutes of sad. It was a spoonful yeah. of sugar. Yeah, I read that they actually did write a full commercial for Quark's Bar, oh my God. but it was way too long for that teaser scene. Mm. So they just said, no, let's just do a silly jingle. So they wrote the little silly jingle in, like, five seconds. And then Armin Shimmerman came up with the tune. Nice. Did he really? That's awesome. I didn't like the way he said advertisement. What did he say? How did he say it? Advertisement. Oh. It's just a little advertisement. I was like, stop. Hmm. Put the emphasis on the wrong syllable or whatever that is. It's like how my mother says SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always SpongeBob. I'm like, Mom. As opposed to a different Bob. I think... The end, well, not the end shot, but like the sort of end shot on the planet was a really nice. The Lion King moment? Yeah, moment, because what it is is like, it's. What's his name again? Trevian. You know, Trevian in the middle with the baby, and everyone's sort of. And, and Julian has left himself off to the side. Oh, that's nice. You know, it's like when you think about it, it's something that he has done, but by keeping himself separated from the moment, he's kind of not taking the credit in a way 
Yeah, well, he's not he's letting, letting it be a moment for these people. Right, he's and not he's making not, it about him. Yeah, like, you're welcome! Like, Trevian, who's already been a big central figure for this culture, gets to be the one to show off the healthy baby. Mm. I think yeah, that's I guess a, um, Vinaya Bergenois was trying to, like, channel a lot of the kind of scenes that you would see in, like, religious Renaissance paintings. Like, there yeah. were a whole bunch of times where he would show Ikoria basically in poses of the Virgin Mary. Oh, clever. And, I didn't notice and, that. Renee yeah, and turn Julian a into a Jesus healing the lepers type. Mm. Yeah, definitely got a leprosy vibe from it a little at first. Oh, for sure. Well, and if they had called it the healing touch, you wouldn't have been able to yeah, not see that's Jesus. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, you, Julian you know, though, starts with though, DJ. Jesus starts oh with J. Oh, my God. You, you know, though, that if, if you came back to this planet in, like, 50 or 100 years, there would be shrines to <laughs> Julian Bashir, and he would be a a deity. Maybe, you know, yeah. The he... one that came and cured the the blight. Yeah, you do kind of wonder, but he, he does seem to be trying to de-emphasize that aspect at the end by keeping himself so very, like, you know, like, everyone's around me. He's completely alone in this half-rubble house, just kind of looking. Where I does hope- this stand... In terms of Prime Directive, do we think? Oh, I figured it was really fucking the Prime Directive hard. They they sent out a distress signal. No, they that's asked true. them to come. If we go by what seems to event like that's the problem again, is like it depends upon what version of the Prime Directive we're talking about. If we're talking about the distress of, signal was sent two hundred years ago and none of these people remembered it, so maybe Well, but if we're talking about like cause the line eventually just seems to be, did you invent warp? Then we're fine. They said they visited other worlds, and they they were all they'd already been exposed to the larger universe by the Dominion. So, mm. yeah, but again, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's no defined leader in this society either. So there's True. there's nobody that can be that like meet at least fuck off. Um, and they're certainly not asking permission to help. No, that's true. You know, the probably the closest thing they have, or the closest thing that we see to someone with a leadership position is Trevian, and he definitely is in the fuck-off camp. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit... was gonna fuck off until Ikoria specifically said, I want your help. Yeah, true. And you know Julian can't resist a pretty lady. So, how much masturbating did Kira do waiting (laughs) in a nebula in the runabout for a week? So much. Like, how funky did it smell in there when they beamed up? Yikes. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure her lady bits are pristine, you pig. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm, no, it's more just the smell of body, right? You know, it's a She's sweaty a business. and they smell different. There's, there's a shower. There's no shower? Like, Worf lives on there. There's got to be no, no, he lives on the Defiant. No, it wasn't the Defiant. Oh, this was a runabout. Oh, you're right. They're in a runabout. But runabouts are pretty big, and don't we? Yeah, there probably is, like, a... A sonic shower. Yeah, I guess. There, there's or even she like did a PTA, you know. Yeah. Can mm. she beam the filth off of her into space? I also sure. wondered that. <coughs> but yeah, yeah, like, but man, just like go hang out in Nebula for a week. Like what? Well, I that's just terrible. Did lots of reading or work well, on thing, like, pottery or something. Imagine some of the weird, like, long-term stakeout bullshit she did as a terrorist. Like, mm. this was probably nothing. Yeah, plus I bet you the Bajorans have, like, you know, a week of solitude in their, True. In their celebration systems. Yeah, oh, you know, I'll just do an early uh, solitude festival. <laughs> like, <laughs> she just sat around in her underwear watching Netflix. She was fine. 
She caught up on all of TNG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, that's where I saw the Iconian gateway before. Oh, that's where I saw this back of the runabout that never actually gets used in DS9. No, actually, she watches Galaxy Quest, and she's like, those poor people. <laughs> God, can we watch that for the show again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> can we just do a 10 forward on Galaxy Quest, like, once a year? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, the runabouts are so much bigger than we give them credit for, and they've got, you know, they've got little bunks. I'm sure they've got a bathroom. She, right. there's definitely bunks. You know, Jake, you know she Jake, did. She was in every one of those bunks, just she, so we're clear. <laughs> she she sat there and finally caught up on that poet who suddenly has a bunch of new poetry because he didn't die when he originally died. Yeah, what's his ass? Mm. He thought he was the what's it. That or she just yeah. sexted uh, Shikara the whole time. Accidentally sends one to Odo. Odo's at home crying. <laughs> Only the tears are just goo. <laughs> that then just get reabsorbed into, into his, his shirt. Face or his shirt. <laughs> yeah. The face is better. All right. Well, <sighs> yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, this is a good show. It was. Like yeah, I think both of them was a nice, uh, nice little combo of things. Yeah, this is a really great season. The, the Dominion reminding us the Dominion is out there still doing shit. Yeah, it's kind of been a I mean, bit. This is the first we've seen of Vorta in a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When did we see Vorta before? Uh, before the Gem Hadar. Oh, I well, forgot we, all about them. There was that lady. Vorta. We saw them in the in. Um, Oh, the, the one search. that tricked them. Yeah, that one too. We were supposed to be the same lady, but they couldn't get her back, I think Ames had said. Yeah. Mm. Is that who I'm thinking of, though? The person that, like, tricked them yeah. in the first place? Yep, okay, yep, yep, I yep. forgot that she was Vorta. Yep. Well, I forgot she existed entirely. I mean, I can only remember about six episodes at a time, so. I know mm. that, uh, yeah, we'll see more of them. Well, one, one day we're going to see Iggy Pop as a Vorta. Well, you're yeah, going to have to remember more than six episodes for next week, uh, Caitlin, because next week. No, I need to remember week. exactly six, Ames. My top and bottom. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hey. And I wasn't thinking that when I said it either. It was just a happy coincidence. Well, what are we doing next week? Why are you, why are you asking me? Take us out, Caitlin. I know, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, I'm so glad you asked. Next week... It's the season four finale, which I can't fucking believe it. So that means we are like officially down to just three more seasons of Deep Space Nine, which gives me a sad. That is crazy. This is my favorite, my favorite Star Trek. I feel like I say that every time we watch a new Star Trek, but this is of the five or six Star Treks I've seen. Because what have we got? TOS, TAS. I've seen TNG. I've seen Picard and I've seen Discovery. And now I've seen Deep Space Nine. So yeah, yeah, of the six I've seen, this is my fave. Um, you haven't seen Lower Decks yet, Caitlin. Well, I <laughs> won't until I have to for this show. <laughs> that won't be your favorite. I guess it I will predict. not. No, I would guess. But, uh, oh, sorry. Galaxy Quest. Seven Star Treks. Hey! <laughs> so next week, uh, we'll be talking about the last two eps in the old seas. Body Parts. Ugh, and Broken Link. <laughs> body Parts just makes me think there's going to be pieces of people flying all over the ship. Sorry, station. Bro- Broken Link is the next Legend of Zelda game. <laughs> uh, broken Link to the past. So yeah, if you oh, uh, the Broken Link, if you liked this Bye-bye. and uh, you want to hear more, you crazy bastard, we will be back next week talking about those episodes. You'll also get the bonus, which is our top and bottom three of the season. But yeah, I mean, if you want to make sure you're up to date on what we're up to and you never miss an episode, you should subscribe to hear more. Uh, we are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and 
Apple Podcasts. You can also find us online at Facebook. You can search A Star to Steer Her By and you'll find us. We are also on Twitter and Tumblr at SSHB Podcast. You can go to sshbpodcast.com to check out our website, which may or may not, depending on when you're hearing this and how motivated Jake has felt, be uh, either a real website or a link to our Tumblr page. Only time will tell. But thank you, as always, for joining us. I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. Come to Quarks. Quarks is fun. Come right now. Don't walk, run. Don't walk, run. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Woo! I love it. So good. (laughs) Rule of Acquisition 286. Come to Quarks. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have fun. (laughs) 